Welcome to Rooted Within with Lily and Dan, a podcast that shines a spotlight on positive change makers, sharing their stories of legacy, inspiration, and impact. Each episode, Lily and Dan will speak to individuals who have made their dreams a reality, exploring their journeys, mindset shifts, and what motivated them. Join us as we explore the lives of those who are making a difference and let their stories inspire you to achieve your own goals. Starting from humble beginnings and constantly approaching media companies for an internship, Reem Alhuni shows the power of persistence and how she became the founder of one of the most successful media companies in Dubai, TI22 Films. But I think once I got the taste of it, I knew I had to like keep going down this road. So my next obsession was how do I get into the BBC? And I got on the phone and I rang everyone I knew in the industry. Does anyone know anybody working on Mission Impossible? And a friend of mine who's a director, she's like, oh, I know the production manager. I'm having dinner with her tomorrow. I'm like, I'm coming to dinner. But that's one of my biggest things in life. It's like, I don't want to ever regret something. Mm. I went to Libya out of frustration okay. because I had a massive argument with my mom. But the reason I say that is because something a lot of people don't know about me is that I actually worried how this comes out. I actually hate Rooted Within with Lily and Dan. All right. I'm, I'm really excited about this one, Dan. I just want to get straight <laughs> more, into more this. More for your introduction. <laughs> yes, because it's just like classic Manchester it is, it is. intro. On. Who's in the studio today, Dan? We have um, a great guest, actually. Someone I've known for a, for a while. I've crossed the past many, many times. We have Reem Elhuni in the studio. Well How done, Dan. I got it right. <laughs> you got it right. You got it right. Well, like, I was like sweating. I, know. I honestly thought you were going to say Al-Mooney. Oh, Moon, eh? Mm. I think because you're just talking, it's like, it's like Moon, but uh, yeah, who? And I'm like, what? Anyway, we, you, we always digress. You have worse, so I would have let it go. Well, so, ah, <laughs> there we go. just like afraid of insulting well, people. Welcome to the studio. Thank you so much for having me. I'm you've excited to run, be here. You've literally run from one studio to the other right now, haven't you? I have, but that's the way to live, right? Said, but so that's your life, though, it isn't is, it? You've it been is. doing that for a long time. I, I have, and it's, uh, you know, once you've you've been in live studio atmosphere, it's very difficult to find another environment that kind yeah. of matches up mm. to that. And it, it does become the norm after yeah. a while, yeah. So many of our listeners will be then wondering who Reem is, so who is Reem? Excellent question. Yeah. Who am I? I think I am... A very TV film obsessed person um, who always? is always, actually, always, actually, since I've been a kid. Like really? my, my main obsession in life ever since my very first like internship when I was 16 at NBC when they were still in London. I think that was my moment where I went into a studio and it's the first time I saw like a news um, show being broadcast. And especially, you know, you always see these mm. kind of formal suited people. And then I, yeah. underneath the guy was shorts. wearing his shorts and his sandals, which I know we've all got used to in the world of Zoom. Yeah. But like mm. when I saw that, I was like, oh my gosh, there's a whole world here mm. that I want to be part of. And it's that realization that this obsession I had watching content yeah. could actually become my life. Yeah. And I think from that moment on, I've just been obsessed. Yeah. So whether it's behind the camera, in front of the camera, watching it, it's all about but content. But what did you watch growing up? Like what, 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 what was your obsession? Everything and anything, but something not many people know is I was obsessed with the World Wrestling Federation. Really? WWF at the time, but yeah. to the to the extent that my university dissertation is written about the WWF. Who was your favorite fighter? Oh, so many, but I, I tend to go Macho Man Randy Savage. <gasps> he was amazing. He was. I, I um, don't want to admit Hogan. it, but Heartbreak Kid was one as well. As well, but yeah. I remember the Undertaker. 
Oh, yeah, no. Ultimate Warrior. Yeah, there's a whole chapter in my life which was dedicated to wrestling. But I truly believe it's it's amazing. And mm. and my dis- my university dissertation analyzed how it was a hybrid genre because it brought together the world of sports, the world of theater, yeah, the then, world of soap. Mm. Um, and it's just an amazing combination of all of those elements. Yeah, and now obviously it's a huge brand. It's a huge, huge business. Massive. Yeah, so much yeah. out of it. Yeah. Oh, wow, I never knew that. There you go. Something it, new. Learn something new yeah. every day. All right, so grew up obsessed with WWF. How'd you get the internship at NBC? So I have That's to, big. It, it was big. I have to be fair and admit that I come from a media family. So okay, my, okay. my family's all, but always in print media. And it was one of those where I think, as with most things, you know, you know people and you manage to get your CV in. And, and I got chosen for an internship, which was, which was great. But I think once I got the taste of it, I knew I had to, like, keep going down this road. So my next obsession was how do I get into the BBC? Mm-hmm. So what I used to do is just record on VHS tape, record all the, all the TV shows that came on, and I would literally play them back and write down all the names in the credits. Oh, wow. And I realized, so yeah, and I realized that it was, you know, BBC was first name dot surname at bbc.co.uk. Yeah. And I would just blanket email the planet. And eventually it worked. And, and say um, what? Hi, I love your show. I want to be part of it. Is there any way I can just intern? I'll do it for free. I just want to be around. I want to learn. And it eventually worked with a really popular BBC show called Watchdog. And yeah, what? you see, Dan knows what I'm talking about. I know it as well. And, yeah. Um, and yeah, so I ended up after NBC, my next one was at Watchdog. And that was eye opening because I was like, oh, my God, I watch this show. You yeah. know, I actually you know, love the show, the concept. And um, and that kind of continued my obsession because when you work in production, you see what goes into mm. it. Yeah. It's very different to what's in front of the camera. And the same thing happened again on my last day on Watchdog. I, I remember holding my pass and I was thinking, when's the next time I'm going to be in this building? Mm. Yeah. I need to do something. And I literally went department to department going, hi, I'm an intern. It's my last day on Watchdog. Is there any way I could work on How your on your show? You? I think when I was at Watchdog, so this was 18 Wow. Yeah, so that 18. takes a lot of courage and to perseverance. just big time. Yeah, yeah. but it where worked. did you get that from? Honestly, I think my mom. Mm. I, so I have a very, very strong mother and someone who was very determined and taught herself everything. Okay. So she's the kind of personality who, and I, I often tell people like, if the sink breaks before the plumbers even made it, she would have like understood the ins and outs of like plumbing and like be under the sink trying to fix it. And by the time the plumber comes, she would have either fixed it or argued with them about how to (laughs) do it. it. You know, so I think I grew up watching that and it made me realize that, you know what, if you need to go for it and you can teach yourself and you can jump in. And actually, interestingly, I have the opposite personality from my father the complete opposite and I think watching that as well so kind of watching someone super laid back and then you sort of think no if Mm. I want things to happen I need to jump in and make them happen and I think it's worked for me so every time it's worked I've realized I have to do the same thing for the next milestone to work Um, and whether it was you know that whole going round department to department 
resulted in me meeting a producer at BBC Education who was like, oh, well, we're about to start a new series. Can you research? I'm like, yep, I can research. Yeah, I can do anything. I could do, yeah. And I and that gig went on for two years oh, whilst wow. I was at university. And, was and that was first, your first paid job Yeah, that was my BBC. first paid job and my first time my name was on a TV show and it was pretty How did you What was the TV? Yeah, go on. I'll answer that question oh, first. Was it? It, was, it was a BBC Education series. Mm-hmm. So if I'm honest, if you're familiar with British TV, the BBC Education shows get buried like early hours mm, at yeah. night so it was one of those I remember being super excited staying up you know all night waiting to record it but it was an amazing feeling and it was and I and I was fortunate enough to hit that milestone quite young so that was at the age of 18 yeah. mm. and I was still at uni so it was one of those where you know once you've done that you just want to grow in the industry and, and strive for more seeing your, you're seeing your name what was the, the show it was a sort of series called Watch, um, okay. and it just exp- it act- interestingly explored media. So it was looking at the history of magazines oh, and like wow. the history of print and the history of gaming, and so it was, it's actually quite an interesting yeah. show to be part of. Yeah, nice. And then what happened after that? What happened after that? The obsession continued, yeah. um, but I had a mini detour where I attempted to live in Libya. That was highly entertaining. And, and but were blip- you born there? I was born in Germany, which okay. makes it even more confusing. But, okay, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, uh, when I came back from Libya, I realized it's actually very difficult to get full-time permanent work in television because it's all very contract-based yeah. and show-based. And my parents were moving to Tunisia, and they're like, you're moving to Tunisia with us. I'm like, nope. I've had my mid- my North African adventure, you know, and it's your turn. Like, well, you need to get some stability in your life if you're if we're leaving you here. And corporate production offered that. Yeah. So at that point, I managed to get full-time work in the corporate world. And it's kind of similar. We, you go up similar a similar path where I became a production assistant, then a production manager, assistant producer. Yeah. But on the corporate side of things. So um, what does that mean, corporate? That side? means you're usually working on everything from corporate videos to corporate events to maybe... It's sometimes still TV content, mm-hmm. but business to business yep. TV and webcasting. So that gave me a whole different level of understanding in terms of working with clients mm. and expectations and how to manage them. Yep. Um, whereas when you're on TV, it's really all about the editorial and yep. the content. So yep. it's kind of marrying those two worlds. So I, I did that for about six years. And then the Dubai calling part happens. So, Which we'll yeah. get to shortly. Yeah. I want to talk about your time in Libya. I went there once. Oh, crazy place. Crazy was- place. How was that? You know, it was one of those. I I went to Libya out of frustration okay. because I had a massive argument with my mom, and I was like, I can't live with you anymore. And she was like, You can't live with me. You're going to go to Libya. And I was like, Fine, I will. And then I got to Libya. And I was like, Oh my god, I can't what live here anymore. Done? <laughs> what have I done? And it was one of those moments where I just thought, Okay, well, I can't rush back within a week. I have yeah. to make this work. And you how know? long were you there for? I was only. I lasted five months, which okay. trust me was, was massive. You know. Yeah. But I learned a lot from being there because I realized how happy everyone was. And they're happy with such simple things. So mm, everyone in, like mm. everyone in my life in my family, their focus was family, their focus was health, their focus was food. And if all of that was fine, they don't have a care in the world. Yeah. And to me it was a, a little frustrating because I guess I, I grew up very independent and very ambitious. So I'm sitting there going, But don't but you want to do be more? Enough. Don't you want yeah. isn't there other stuff you want to achieve? And they're like Oh, no, happy, and they all get married very young, and it's just a different, different, different world, yeah. you know. But yeah, I was I was ready to leave. So I was going to say, trying to find employment or opportunities in media and being yeah, female would have been. I didn't try. I basically before I went out to Libya, I did uh, a CELTA, which is a Cambridge English language teaching to adults, and I did an intense did that intensely in a in a month, and taught English whilst okay. I was there, which was really funny because my 
aunt owned an English school and I was in the school and my other aunt taught in that in the classroom on the right and my other aunt taught in the classroom on the left and I was teaching a bunch of people I'm related to so it was it was a very like small world life um, but it was fun it was different it yeah. was uh, and I'm, I'm I still look back at that time quite fondly yeah wow so. I'm sort of curious as to how a Middle Eastern woman growing up in a Middle Eastern family granted it was in yeah. the UK was able to convince them to let you go into media? I think I was quite fortunate that my dad's family has been in media, albeit print. But like print. Yeah. But so it kind of at least was an acceptable industry Career to choice. be in. Yeah. And my mom, interestingly, she was like top of her class in medicine. So, she, mm. But she never practiced. So she they moved to London and, and she had a family and didn't practice. So the one thing I always remember my mom saying from when I was a kid is the most important thing to do is to be financially independent. And so I think they could see that was where my passion was. And I was very fortunate that I didn't have any real stumbling blocks when it came to my parents. Mm. The stumbling blocks come from the wider family and, and just relatives and people looking in and not really understanding the career, especially because in our industry, you work at all mm. hours of the day, yeah. all times. Well, you know, a good, a good girl from a good family shouldn't be out of the house at 11 o'clock, totally. 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock in the morning. That was my uh, Libya life. Abe, really? Abe, yeah. Abe. That big Abe, you know, but, um, but I was fortunate that I think my parents understood the industry. Yeah. So because anyone else would have thought I was up to all sorts, because yeah. I literally, I, I, you know, there was a period of time I remember I did a summer at the London studios with their camera department, which is predominantly male. Yeah. And at that mm -hmm. time, it was like, female talking to male? What is going yeah, on? And, um, and also, very late hours, because what people don't realize is the best time to film is sunrise. Yeah. And that means you kind of leave the house at like two in the morning. And it's like, where is this girl mm. going? So uh, it was, looked highly suspect to the outside mm. world, but I was very fortunate that my parents So would your parents that. actually, were they, obviously they would have been defending a lot of onslaught. Totally. But again, I feel very fortunate that they understood it. But yeah. one story that actually didn't happen that long ago, it happened like, I want to say like six years and six, seven years ago when Dubai, um, I had a, like a really long shoot at Dubai airport. It was about 22 hour shoot. And it was one of those where we had full access. So mm. We were everywhere yeah. in the airport. And I was with a really good friend of mine, a director. And, you know, it's not every day you have that level of access in the airport. We thought it would be quite funny to take a photo of us in the departures area. We each pulled a suitcase and we just pointed at the departures board and posted it on social. Thankfully, I had happened to have messaged my mom that day. Going, yeah. Hi, mom, I'm on a shoot today. And like a week later, my mom is sitting in a living room in Tripoli, in Libya. Yeah. And someone says to her, how's Reem doing? And I was like, well, she's fine. She's great. Where is she right now? Mm. And so I was like, she's going? in Dubai. And are you sure? Yeah, I'm sure. Well, she's traveling around with some boy. Oh, and my, my mom's like, uh, no, I'm pretty sure she's no, in Dubai. She's just together. working. And they're like, uh, no, no, we've seen it. We've seen it. It's on social. And so-and-so saw it and told my sister. And, you know, she's... And I was like, no, no, no. The, oh, and, the and dignity I'm, of your daughter. Yeah, and my mom suddenly goes, oh, that. No, she was on a shoot and she's with her friend. And so it's just hilarious to yeah. me that something that we take for granted as being really simple stuff yeah. and posting our lives out out there can be so misinterpreted yeah. and so it's like our context. Totally. Yeah. And um and I think once that happens a few too many times you realize you can't take any of it seriously yeah. and you can't let it guide you either. You need to 
do what works for you. Yeah. So yeah, that's just one example. Do you think your life would have been different? Your path would have been different if you didn't have the support of your parents? I'm sure, but I think everyone kind of gets mm. molded in one way or another by yeah, their, so. their childhood. Yeah. So so and I'm a very big believer of you're the person you are today because of all the experiences you've had yeah. throughout we, your life. We were just talking about yeah. that. Yeah. Good or bad, you mm. know, they've yeah. molded it makes you, who you. you are. Exactly, exactly. So no, I'm I'm always very grateful for that. All right, so BBC educational that finishes after two years, then what? So I, as I mentioned, I joined a corporate production company. Yep. So I, I, Finished I, that. I was there for about six years. And then I got to a point where I was like, oh, it's, you know, it's a lot of hard work. And I was getting tired. And one of my best friends lived in Dubai. And she said, oh, you know what? You need a holiday. You need to just come out to Dubai. And the obsession kicked in again because I landed in Dubai. I was like, oh, my God, it's sunny here. Yeah. You know, Warm. I, I, I did, did, did you know much about Dubai back I then? I didn't know a lot. Uh, what I do remember, interestingly, is I remember when Media City opened up mm. and watching okay. it on the news. It was one of the first ones, right? Yeah, and I wa- remember watching it on the news in, in London and thinking, that'd be a cool place to work. Yeah. Like Media and when was this? City. I think I was around 14 or 15. Like when oh, wow. I, yeah, when so it was, it, it, when I saw yeah. it. So fast forward, and now I'm in Dubai on my one-week holiday, and I was like, this is it. I'm moving here. And I literally, I walked into Media City and I just, at that time, they used to sell a physical book with yeah. all the companies yeah, in the it. Directors, and, I, I remember and, I, and I bought the book and I sat in a coffee shop and I contacted everyone. And I was it's like... It's interesting that it's gone back to that day when you were it, like the intern yeah, of the BBC. You, totally. you know, when you did the I research. Knew, you know, it's, it's, and I've realized that that always works. works for me. If you just yeah. go at something full on, you know, and you've done everything in your power to make it happen. And there's nothing else. Yeah. So I literally contacted everyone. That week, I ended up with about five interviews. And then I ended up with three job offers. And one of them was a permanent one. And I signed a contract. But the best thing, the thing that I love about this story already is that it's one thing to have the, the action in you. But you also have to have a sort of mindset in there that is okay if it doesn't work. Yeah. But Do you know, see what I mean? But, you were okay with it. But that's one of my biggest things in life. It's like I don't want to ever regret something. Mm, yeah. For me, if it doesn't work, that's fine. But I don't want to think the reason it didn't work was is yeah. because Yourself. I didn't do everything yeah. I could have done. Yeah. So if I've done everything I could have done, so be it. And in this case, this is the most I can do. Yeah. But I just want to add the second thing, which is a bit controversial, I guess. But the second thing is I do all these things without telling my family. Because, again, the cultural stigma, the conversation. So in this particular case, I had the interview. I got the job. I signed the contract. Then, <laughs> then I rang my mom. I went, Surprise. mom, I'm moving to Dubai. She's like, how are you going to make it work? It's, it's done. I've signed the contract. Yeah, it's happened. done. It's happening. And that's also been something that's helped me because I've realized, again, maybe speaking to many others, how seriously they take on board mm. the opinions of family or friends yeah. and how that ends up derailing them or moving them. Well, you end if up I, living a life that might not be not the life that you want totally. because of someone else's. And I'm not saying I've always made the right decision. I've but made mistakes, but they're my mistakes. You know, yeah. I can't turn around and say, oh, it's your fault. I made well, that judgment them. call. Yeah. yeah. So your mom was like, how are you going to make it work? All that stuff. But then supported it, obviously. Yeah. 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 No, I, I think, again, fortunate in that situation. Mm. But um, and then I moved across. I think it was a couple. I had to go back, resign, moved across a couple of months later. And came out started on your my, own. I came out here on, on my own. own. Wow. Came out here on my own, started the Dubai adventure. And it's a, a little bit of a long story, but I, I ended up very quickly at Dubai One because yeah. they were looking at starting their very first English language show. And at the time, Poonam, who's the presenter, she'd just been hired. So she was employee number one. I was employee number two. She's still a great friend. We're, so, we're so flatmates. So you guys are like, that's yeah, yeah. I saw your social media posts. Yeah, yeah. That's also days. huge to land in Dubai yeah. and land a gig with Dubai One. 
It's a little bit more complicated than that. Um, <laughs> but I, to, to be to be fair, I, I I ended up somewhere else. I ended up in a production company when I moved out here, and that that wasn't the most ideal mm-hmm. place. And uh, through that, I got to this opportunity. But everything happens and, for a reason. Uh, it does all happen mm-hmm. for a reason. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, we started on this journey, which was amazing because I was new to the city and the show that we created was called Out and About. I used to love that show. It mm. was, thank you. Yeah. And it was, mm. it was my baby and it was literally like a vehicle for people to find out what's new in the city and yeah. there you have Poonam and I, two new people in the, in the country, in the city. Like, it was literally like, what do you want to check out next week? I don't know. What do you want to check? Yeah, let's go there. Well, that would be incredible for content because you'd be looking at it through the eyes of a fresh perspective as totally. someone who is literally looking at the city as a blank canvas and being like, I want to go and explore. And I think at that time as well, there was so, I mean, it was the first English language yeah. TV show and there was so little content out there. It's there very was. different there to what was. it's like now. So I think, you know, we built a reputation with that show where people were watching it to find out mm. what's new in the yeah. city and what to do. And, I loved it. It was it was a lot of hard work. So that's another, you know, the, the flip side to things is yeah. that, you know, we were working around the clock and it was long hours and long weeks. But when you enjoy it, you know, it you kind of, like it doesn't feel like work. And, yeah. you, you, and also enjoy working with the people, then it makes a big difference. And then what happened after that? God, what happened after that? After that, I kind of grew in the role because I, I love production and yeah. film so much. Or um, with Dubai One. With Dubai One. Yeah. So I was with them. I became an executive producer at the channel. Wow. And then I had a bunch of other shows that I, I was on. Um, and then I became, my last year with them, I was head of events as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that was things like the opening of the Burj Khalifa and Dubai Film Festival and the air show. And, and that was all wow. really exciting. And a very when you enter into the world of live TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very different. It's very different. It's a little scary, um, but, you know, you learn so much and you learn so much about managing situations, about staying calm under pressure, about just, you know, being solution oriented Mm. as quickly as possible. So I really value that period of time as stressful as it was. You know, I learned so much and, and I loved it. There's a quite a commonality between many of the stories of that solutions-driven approach. You know, how you proactively went to go and search for employment with the BBC mm. and then you did it again when you came to Dubai and, you know, that stood you, stood you in good stead, is that the word, for, yeah. for being an executive producer? Yeah, question from left field. Did you ever have a situation where you couldn't find a solution? I don't believe that's possible. Yeah, because yeah. I, I genuinely believe I'm there this is. This is an event person where we don't believe there is. Yeah, yeah. There's I, a solution I genuinely for believe there yeah. is always a solution, and it's and I think you know once you've been in the world of live TV as well, you realize how quickly mm, you need yeah. to make these decisions. You know, I came out of that, and I working with clients, I'd get a phone call where someone would say, "Oh, I know it's really short notice, but could I could I get this video by next week?" I'm like, "A week, it's easy. no problem. <laughs> a week, go. tomorrow." Yeah, you, you kind of get you you you're you're adjusted in yeah. a very unusual way so um you may not get Burj Khalifa you may got you know yeah. the hotel down the road or whatever but, it, but it's you'll get possible something. you'll get yeah. something um so yeah I, I believe there's always a solution and then what happened after Dubai one because you started up on your own there was a mini gap in the middle okay. where where I uh the same obsession kicked in and I remember it really clearly because it's my last day at Dubai one and everyone was asking everyone thought I was crazy when I was leaving because I, I was in a great position mm. and um but I just kind of knew I'd had enough. I kind of, I think I was tired. I'd got to the point where working in this industry the way you do and it's live, you know, I hadn't had time off in a long time mm-hmm. and I was just tired. And, uh, and no one really got it. They were like, mm-hmm. why? And what are you going to do next? And I'm like, I, I don't know. I just know it. I can't continue. Yeah. This was the, the point. And how did you feel not knowing what was next? 
it's funny. It was a bit, I've always been a very organized, planned person. So it was a little bit nerve wracking, yeah. but I also had got to the point where I knew, I knew that I can't continue. And, and one of the tipping points for that, or a few tipping points, but one was I was meant to go on holiday. And I remember my dad calling me and saying, oh, what time are we picking you up from the airport? And I totally forgot. That no I was, way. I told, and I just went, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I'm, I forgot I'm not coming. Um, I'm, I'm busy. Yeah, I forgot to tell them. I'm, I'm busy. I'm on the air show and I can't, <clears throat> I can't do it. And I'll have to move it to next month. And then this the most hilarious thing, given how organized I am. A month later, I had an identical conversation where he rang me again going, what time are we picking oh, up from the airport? And I went, I can't again. believe I've done it again. It's like I've, I'm, I'm now and, doing And it's the not a small of, thing, right? It's not. It's not if you're, but this is, this is where you realize like that's Something also not, that's also right. not my personality. Yeah. You know, Something's I'm highly right organized. And I'm like, how did I, how did I do this twice? Yeah. You know, and it was eating away mm. at me and it just got to a point where this has to stop in its current form. But it didn't stop for long because literally on my last day um, at Dubai One, I was like, I found out Mission Impossible were in town. And then I was like, oh my God, there's a, feature. There's a feature film in town. I have to be part of this. And I remember, you know, our weekends, you know, used to be Friday, Saturday. So the Friday I, you know, fixed my CV and I got on the phone and I rang everyone I knew in the industry. Does anyone know anybody working on Mission Impossible? And a friend of mine who's a director, she's like, oh, I know the production manager. I'm having dinner with her tomorrow. I'm like, I'm coming to dinner. And um, I, I kind of talked my way into this dinner the next day. And I, you know when you're sitting and you're just like waiting to mm. say something? I was sitting yeah. at this dinner just waiting for this moment. And eventually she's like, oh, you know, Reem's just left a position at Dubai One. I'm like, yes, so I'm available and I will do anything. anything. You know, and they're like, oh, we're not, we're not sure we've got any positions available. Because it's what, no, 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 I, I will literally, I will do anything. I just want to be there. I'll do anything. We might have a vacancy on transport. I'll do transport. I'll do, I, I'm happy to do transport. Um, I went in for an interview the following day and I became a transport coordinator and joined the transport team <laughs> the funniest part about this is that i don't drive i know very little really? about cars and everyone's like you, you can organize things yeah but I, was like, I could do this it's yeah. fine i just love the fact again it's like history repeating itself yeah. in many ways you know the story about your internship and everything else it's that proactive approach to everything that you do and if you want something you will do everything possible you to have make it to happen. you have to do it and it's it's funny because like i and and i going back also to not telling my family because i remember <laughs> i could imagine your mom's reaction yeah. transport what that's ex that's the exact phone <laughs> call got, we had literally we'd be like sorry executive producer into now you're doing the transport no joke yeah, that was the phone call schedule. that mm -hmm. was the phone call and my mom was like so you're trying to tell me you're an executive producer and you're now managing people's cars and you're yeah, excited like, you know? about this and i went <laughs> yes mom for a big hollywood movie featuring tom cruise i will talk to you later and i got off the phone and that was, and that was it um did you, get, yeah. did you get a credit no what? but i'm okay with it okay because you were there I'm, no no no, no that's not why because in my mind which is going to sound very big-headed but in my mind when i'm in a credit for a feature film it's not going to be Be as a transport, transport coordinator. coordinator well said well said yeah the, that's a that's a well great said. response so yeah. and, and having said that the experience was awesome because it kind of gave me that confidence like in my world in the tv world you you know your crews could go up to 30 40 50 people and realizing that when you work on a feature this is my first exposure to a feature you have all the same challenges all the same you know problems it's just a matter of scale you know yeah. so it's like i might do it with 40 people they do it with 400 mm. but i think seeing that firsthand i came out of that thinking yeah 
I can do this. You can do it. Yeah. There's a confidence that was built there. Totally. Sort of like events, isn't it? Yeah. Whether we're doing it for 10 people or 10,000. Of course. Yeah. I want to jump a little bit further forward because mm. I had the privilege of being on your show the other week yeah. or the other day, which is incredible, by Thank the way. Thank you. I'm glad you um, made it. No, it's good to see you guys back on television again. Mm. Tell us a little bit about that. Oh, well, you know, it's very exciting because yeah. I think the world of TV is an exciting world and it's it's kind of been silent here well, I was for a while. It's, it's had yeah. a bit of a shake. It's it's yeah, and it's uh, and I think to be honest, like what brought it back into into the so onto the surface is Expo because we, for the first time, I mean, Dubai One actually ended their local production in 2014, yeah. and for the first time since 2014, you know, there was a requirement to produce English programming on the mm. channel, and we did that with Studio Expo, which was a daily live show from Expo. That must be insane. It was. Like it. it was mad and that's that i mean there's a whole world of stories connected to that's that next podcast yeah but um but yeah i think because that did really well and i think it just reminded people that you know yeah. what there's some talent here there's some stories here there are people who want to watch it as show. well um so that kind of brought the conversation ahead yeah. about how do we bring this back and, yeah, and there's it's a led nice to this. thing about having it sort of like current Mm. As opposed to listening to a yeah. recording, listening Agreed. to streaming something, having it instant, you know, in your own time to actually have something that is right now happening sort of thing on a daily schedule. It's nice. And ensuring that content's relevant well, to what's happening right now. Well, it connects you back to the world again. And I think that's that's been missing actually yeah, you know? I agree. So, and especially yes radio is very popular here mm. but i think even just visually um you know seeing different places mm. meeting different people yeah. um so i'm really excited we're, we're you know uh we've just started the journey yeah. and, um, and this is with your own production company as well it is yeah yeah so it's same with expo actually so it, the, working with dmi so it's a dmi yeah. project which we've been fortunate enough to be commissioned on so that's that's, that's really exciting yeah it feels like full circle you know so how long have you been running your own so literally after my Mission Impossible stint, so beginning of 2011, is when I started doing some freelancing and uh, I was working on a project which went really well and the client said to me, oh, we've got more videos this year, we'd love you to do them. And I was like, oh, I can't. And she's like, oh, why? I'm like, well, I'm not, I'm not, I'm a freelancer. I don't have a trade license. Really, it's a bit unethical. You should really be working with these people. Mm. Yeah. I gave her every reason and under the like, sun. I want to work with you. I gave her every reason under the sun not to work with me. And I came home and wanted to kick myself, and I literally Googled like That's how to. That's very unlike you, though. Well, because in that particular context, like I wasn't the one commissioned for that work. Okay. You yeah. know? So, so there was an ethics thing. Yeah. So I, I came home and I literally Googled how to set up a company in mm. Dubai and, um, you know, found a place. And then fortunately, this, this wasn't a new thought. So mm. I had some, some ideas in place. Made an appointment the next morning. Went in with a check and a week later had a trade license. Wow. And that was January 2011. So we just crossed 12 years, which is exciting. Mabrook. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. 12 years. What do you think made you be able to grow it so well in 12 years? Because it's gone from strength to strength. And it's changed a lot as well. It's the industry. changed so much. Yeah. The, the industry's changed so much, which and I how think. How we consume content's changed a lot. Yeah. So I think if I'm going to pinpoint it to two things that have helped me grow. I think one is definitely I happen to love learning. Mm. And because I love learning, I'm always consuming a lot and I'm always out there. Mm. And, and because of that, 
you know, we just touched on the industry changing. I'm yeah. always looking at like, how is the industry changing and what do we need to change or what can we offer to, you know, cater to that? So even, I mean, Dan will remember this, but, you know, 2014, I'd been thinking about it for ages. Like, we need to be in the online space yeah. and I'd been going to conferences mm. everywhere else. Like, YouTube is the thing. And, you I know, came to your launch event. You did, yeah. yeah. And then just as, just as Dubai One ended their local production, I remember the day because a bunch of the presenters messaged me going, oh, this has happened. I said, oh, I'm really sorry to hear your news. However, this <laughs> is what I want to start if you want to join. And that's how Dubai On Demand was born. It was initially born because we're looking at where the trends are and where things are changing. Like, how do we evolve and create a brand that will help us create more online content? Yeah, and also filling that gap, that void would have been mm. left by yeah, local yeah. production season. Totally. So I think coming back to the question, I think the two things that have helped us grow over the 12 years is one is that adaptability. It's learning, seeing, evolving. And, you know, some things work some things don't mm. but I also want to say having a really strong network yeah. um, and for me and I think Dan's also familiar with this but I'm, I'm a huge advocate for B&I yeah. um, it's a networking organization I was a member for 10 years and I've now rejoined you made a comeback. I saw you I've just made a comeback as a, as a regional consultant which is exciting but the reason I say that is because something a lot of people don't know about me is that I actually worried how this comes out but I actually hate putting myself out there I do it a lot because I've taught myself how yeah. to but um, I don't enjoy it it's not your natural it's state. not my natural state I'm far more comfortable you know as an introvert at home with Netflix that's that's where where my comfort zone is but when you start a business you start to think how am I going to get clients you how am I gonna, how am I going to do this yeah. and very early on I think within six months of launching my business I came across BNI I went to a meeting and I just thought this is how it's going to happen. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to be, this is a plan, a system. Mm -hmm. I know how to do this. Um, and it's basically, it's a referral networking organization. But beyond that, it's the, the support, the relationships yeah. that you build. And I was there for 10 That's years. That's also your track record. You deliver good stuff. Yeah, thank You're you. You're easy to yeah. sell. Thank you. I you appreciate know? that. But I think it, it is it is one of those where I know if I have a challenge in any part of my ecosystem, there's someone I can call who mm. can help. And yeah. I think that's made a very big difference in, in my confidence level in, mm. in executing work mm. um, and definitely helped in the growth. Okay, I'm gonna, you ask your question first. Well, I was going to talk, I was going to kind of jump back to the, the current production that you're working on at the moment, DXB mm. Today, and the wonderful time I had on set. Yeah. Um, it was a very positive experience, I oh have to God, say. we were going to the same question. Okay, fine. There we okay. go. We're in the right place. Okay. <clears throat> you know, like, lots of subject matter in what we're talking about. You know, it's like positive change and but influence. It's, but it's, it's like one step further back. Yeah, the, the, the set was positive because I remember you telling me about it. So happy. The but energy. how do you stay so positive? Have you always been this positive? No. Ah. I, I, I don't... Again, my natural state is probably more somber. So, like, mm -hmm. I'm not someone who wakes up in the morning going, yeah, it's going to be an amazing day. I the wake birds up and, are tweeting, and the sun I'm is not shining. a morning person at all, at all. And I went to a networking organization where I had to be there at 6.30 in the morning. I was going to say, like, a, it's quite a strict it's organization. A it's like you miss it three times, you get kicked yeah, out. Yeah, it was a disaster. I mean, for me, it's because I could see the value in being there quite that I pushed myself. But I would literally wake up every week going, oh, my God. God, mm. I can't believe I'm doing this. That's how I wake up. And I realize that that has to change. So I started, I mean, this years ago, I, I, there are a lot of things I do throughout my day to make sure that I shift 
my mental state, my emotional state, to ensure that I'm more positive. And a big part of it, I realized, is the language you use, you know, the way you work with others, and and it's also who you surround yourself Mm, with. So even, you know, in our office environment, it's really important to me that everyone is happy all the time, which sounds crazy, but, you know, I'm not not saying we're in denial. We understand there may Mm. be personal situations going on, but it's how you approach those situations. Mm, So... For me, everything from, you know, we have a huddle every morning and everyone has a word of the day and everyone, you know, we used to pre-COVID, I'm trying to bring it back, we used to have cuddles every afternoon. And that purely came, it it, it literally came because I... I read some study about how, you know, in order to be in a positive state, you needed to have at least 12 hugs a day. Mm. And I was wow. sitting there thinking, where am I going to get my 12 hugs mm. from? So, like, you know what? There are 12 You're of you. You're hugging me. <laughs> you know, Random cameraman so and <laughs> presenter. They also say if you, you need to, if you hug for more than about three seconds, it's a whole different yeah. experience. Yeah. Yeah, it, it it releases. It's something it's like else. Human connection. Yeah. But do, you know what's hilarious is I remember when I introduced this, I was like, guys. It's it's it optional. You don't need to do it. It's optional. But there are studies that suggest that yeah. if you hug every day and you get 12 hugs, then it does wonders for your mental state. Mm. So I'm I'm open for hugging if yeah. anyone else is. Mm. And in the beginning, it was all like, a mm, little hesitation. Mm. And it became like the favorite thing everyone does every day. And, you know, we work with freelancers as well. And I remember this one freelancer is like a real like Cockney Brit male who kind of saw this happening is like no no this is this, this not for me, not April, for me i'm not out, for me, I'm, out. out. I'm like no problem no, it's your choice by like day three he was like, oh come on then give me a I hug he's the biggest like, hugger out of everybody totally, right now totally and it's um and i've seen that i've seen that happen i think yeah. people are usually afraid to try something new when you say it especially when it sounds a bit like but when they do it it's and and I th- i'm going to move on to my dancing yeah i but same thing, same thing. When I when I told everyone we're going to start dancing every day, they were like, and, and even even till now, you know, because someone's responsible for like making dance us dance, time. dance time. Everyone just looks so somber when it starts. Mm. But when it ends, exactly. they're in a completely different frame of mind. And I think that's the key. If mm. everyone, you know, you need to instill these little moments to make it happen if it's not happening naturally. Well, it naturally. creates momentum, doesn't it? Energy, uh, you know, compounds energy. Yeah. 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 What did you What did you say was said on site? Um, the word went around and saying, outstanding. Outstanding. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So my word for all of last year was amazing. So I'd literally everywhere we went, it's like, well, how are you? I'm amazing. How? Are you? And if anyone even responds in any other way, I'm like, hang on, why? No, you did to what, me. What, yeah, what, what's wrong? No, no. Let's yeah. do, what, what's going on? What's going? And they're like, well, I don't feel. No, no, no. What? Why? Is there a reason? Because I guarantee you, if you decide that you're amazing, you're gonna be, be amazing. Yeah. Um, but then interestingly, I went. I'm a big Tony Robbins fan, so I went to another one of his events this year and he focused on the word outstanding so much because it was a case of like moving to a different mm. standard of life. And yeah. I was like, oh, I quite like that. I like the mm. fact that I'm Standing now, outside. I'm going out. Yeah, yeah you're not so moved. amazing, but like you're I'm, going you're forward. Exactly. So I came back from that and I made an announcement that, guys, the new word is outstanding. Everyone we talk to from now on is outstanding all the time. And that's, that's what I we loved do. it. And that's what was like quite inspiring, actually, like, you know, the, the presenters were going through the script and everyone's like kind of prepping and you were walking around to everybody like, how are you feeling? So everybody was outstanding. outstanding. And you could feel that energy shift immediately yeah. with everybody and it became very collaborative, 
very friendly, very warm, and very engaging. Yeah, I'm so glad to hear that. No, honestly, Thank like, you, honestly, man. I've got goosebumps right now. Like, I came back, I was like, right, career change. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I want to get into the world of television. You, do you feel like? Do you feel it's you know? We talk about it like vibrations. You know, you yeah. walk into spaces. And you can feel it. Like sometimes I walk into a place, I'm like, I can't be here. Yeah, you're going to leave. Yeah. I, I, I can't be here. Yeah. So is is that something that comes into it for you to create that space? Because it's a communal space. Yeah. Because I think, again, what people don't realize is that this all stemmed from me trying to solve my own problem. You know, it all stemmed from me wanting, I know that for me to be more positive, I need to be in a positive environment. Mm. For me, even like my social media, originally it was quite funny because like I, I'd post a positive post every day mm. and I'd start to get all these followers and I was thinking like, what are they? And then I, they weren't realizing that I'm doing it for me. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, it's usually something I need to hear on a daily basis. That So I'm looking at all the different tools I can use to help my mental state and help me be more positive. Mm. And that comes from the environment, it comes from the people, it comes from what you say and it comes from dancing. So yeah. if I can put all those things in and bring everyone along with me then it makes a difference so do you do you speaking of mindset and all of that do you have a morning routine I besides an, getting out of rolling out and i have a nighttime routine a nighttime because routine. i suck okay. in the morning yeah. so like my night i'm i'm really bad my night i my my mission in the morning is how quickly can i get from the bed to the door which i've kind yeah. of managed yeah. to like get so to how much so the, so the longest you can stay in bed <laughs> totally, right yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so i'm not i'm not good on that end but the nighttime one of the most critical things I've done for about eight years is do a gratitude journal every night. Mm -hmm. okay. And it's so critical for me. And I've realized what a difference that makes to my mental state as well, is that I write five things that I'm grateful for every day. And they can't be things like I'm alive. You yeah. know, they need to be like specifics yeah. Yeah. of someone who's and done different something. different every day. And yeah. different every day. Yeah. And what I realized is that... Um, it means that I'm looking for them every day, yeah. you know? So like throughout my day, it's like me being here as your guest by far is making it on the list today. Oh, you know, yes. so it's it's as as the day goes on, I'm like, that's going on my yeah. list. That's we going on my list. We made the list for also, tonight. And also that whole thing about acknowledging gratitude, yes. it helps you live in the present. Totally. Because um, this is something that I was struggling with even till this day. And, you know, a friend of mine said, you know, he's like, you really need to to show be gratitude and yeah. be here. Because I was living in the future. I wasn't kind of in the present. So many different challenges. And honestly, the minute that you start to be grateful for what you have and what you experience in that moment, it changes everything. Totally. And and I felt it even more because like there was one year in the middle where I felt like extra somber and I didn't do my gratitude journal that year. And I think I was more depressed that year. You know, and I, I realized yeah. like at the end of it, like I need to start doing this again because I actually felt a shift. I felt a difference. Yeah. And so now literally on a daily basis, I'm like, okay, even if you end the day and you're down, you're depressed, you've had a long day, to remind yourself that, you know what, although you might be feeling it, actually, you might yeah. be one, okay. two, three, four, five, six, seven things happen today, which we should be grateful for. And so I, that's how I end my day every day. So when you said you had a year where you were a bit more somber than other years, was it something that, that brought that on or was it just, it just hit? No, I think, you know, as I mentioned earlier, my default, yeah. my default oh. is more low key. Yeah. And I think, you know, sometimes that affects you more than than others. I can't honestly say there was something specific that had happened. Mm. Um, but, you know, it, when you're working alone, you're starting your mm. own business, especially if you've gone from like I was in a very busy work environment you know studio life dance or like yeah. our studio yeah. this week and suddenly you're running a company on your own and then suddenly it's, it's, it's the solitude it is, is quite it's hard. a very lonely yeah. experience to be in and then you're not 
you don't really know what's right or what's wrong. You're just, you know, playing something, it by ear. And, off, yeah. um, and I think it's it's a combination of that. I think when you're starting and growing a business and there's a lot of financial pressure as well, mm. I think, you know, as a female, you change a lot and you get very self-conscious at different times. So I think it was just one of those times where I felt, you know, a bit unstable and questioning what I was doing and questioning whether I'd made the right decisions, kind of just moving out on my mm. own. And, you know, would I have been better off if I just stayed where I was or just just questioning? And I think that year I just just didn't really feel as grateful as maybe I should have and as I do now. I don't no. think you I don't think you can say you should you didn't feel as grateful as you should have. It's well, being human, isn't yeah. it? You know? But interestingly That's I, being a little bit harsh. I, I had something very unusual happen, like super unusual. So I'm I'm someone who generally doesn't care very much about like outward appearance mm. you know so like I've been going grey for a long for the time that you look amazing Thank and, you. and you I very awkwardly I, wrongly I, sort of made a comment earlier no, before we recorded no I appreciate that but I mean like, I've been going grey for a really long time she looks awesome thank you and it has never bothered me mm. but then like I remember my my mum and my brother being here my mum was like you know Hey, Bream, hey, you know, it's like, it's really bad. And my brother going, Bream, it's really not a good look for you. And it was this whole moment. And my brother was like, it was my birthday. And he was like, please, just, just go do it. Please just, just do it. I'll, I'll treat you. Just go, just do it. And the funniest thing is that I, the, it was the first time I'd ever dyed my hair. Mm. And then the next day I was like, it feels really itchy. Is this like normal? And I went back to the hairdresser and she laughed. She's like, oh, it's because it's your first time. It's normal. It's oh, the burning of the scalp. And I was like, really? This is normal? Like, maybe, I, maybe I don't know. I don't know enough. Fine. Second day, and I could see it was blistering and getting, <gasps> I know this is not normal. She burnt normal. your scalp. And I went, I went into the, the um, pharmacist. Like, no, you've had an allergic reaction to the hair dye. I was like, what? Anyway, I washed it out. By day three, I was in a workshop with some friends and I'm in the workshop and you know when people start looking at you funny, I'm like, yeah. what are they looking at? And, again, and I'm like, what is going on? I went into the washroom and my face was like ballooning up no. and I went uh, straight to hospital and then they admitted me because they were worried that my tongue was going to balloon up and all of this kind of stuff. And that was a very, this may sound like a random story, but it was no. very pivotal because, you know, I was on a lot of steroids and I put on a lot of weight in like a very short period of time. And on top of that, I was told that I'd had this allergic reaction, so I had to avoid any chemicals. So no shampoo, no perfume, no deodorant, anything that had could possibly trigger something off. And I just, I felt, I don't feel like myself. I looked up the reflection in the mirror and it wasn't me. It was quite scary to look at. Mm. And I went through a few months of thinking, am I ever going to look normal again? Because it was a very ballooned Intense. version of myself. Yeah. And I think... It made me really think through, you know, firstly, I was super irritated that I listened to <laughs> listen yep. to my brother. And it <laughs> just made me think, I just point. thought, no, not listening to yeah. anyone ever again. You know, yeah. I'm perfectly comfortable and happy the way I am. With Don't your need decisions. to yeah. yeah. And it annoys me because I was like that before, yeah. but I caved, you know. Yeah. So I was like, no, no caving for anyone well, maybe anymore. it was just a reminder so that you were ready for every time that you're not going to cave moving forward. forward. Ma maybe, you know what I mean? It was maybe. a lesson you needed to... But now, like, you tell me anything that I don't feel akin to. It's like, no, I'm good, no. thanks, I'm fine. No. Um, so I think that was, that was a key thing. And I think also just feeling so uncomfortable with myself, within my body and my surroundings. Um, I remember going back to a networking event and someone, like, the, the reactions I got were so different. Mm. It's like I had one person go, oh, have you been eating a lot of sweets? <gasps> and then I had someone else say, oh, you know, maybe you need to get your hormones checked. What? And I just thought, like, what is going on? But it really put me down. And I just kind of thought... Understandably. Yeah, but I thought, 
why I got to, I eventually got to the point where it's like I haven't changed mm. like nothing about me has changed yeah. or what I do or my capability and these are just perceptions that you've mm. made yeah. or judgments that you've made so I think you know when you have something like that happen you get stronger through it and then you get more firm on your opinions and I think that's also moving on to a slightly different topic why you know I've started to put myself out on camera more and I'm more visible and I've realized that it's never about the exterior it's about the content and who you are and that's what engages people yeah. and that's the key message that I want to put across and that authenticity totally yeah and it drives me nuts when I, and I can see a lot of women do this a lot of women mm. who are like oh I just feel really uncomfortable on camera or oh, I've gone gray or oh, I've put on weight or oh, and I'm just like oh no yeah just be yeah. you and it's people aren't watching you for that they're consuming your content or they're listening to you for your story for your journey for what they can learn from you mm. and they just connect. focus on that they connect yeah. with you yeah not not the perception of yeah. you yeah so wow. that's my my new not new mission but i feel it more post that experience i think that's experience. a great place like to, that's sure. a great place to enter Reem, the mission you. of being authentically you yeah thank you so much for coming and joining us and telling us your journey that was it's awesome. incredible thank Very you exciting. so i could have kept going thank so you so, so much really really appreciate it's, it. it's just like i get a look from uh, my time check over there saying I appreciate it so much. Really, thank you so much yeah, for it was welcoming great having me. You in. Time. Might and have also to get congratulations and good luck in all of the endeavors. It's good to see you guys back on screen again. Thank awesome. you. Yeah. We're excited to be there and yeah. hope to hope you'll be back. Of course, you need to invite me whenever. Outstanding. I was hustling yeah. Nimi. I was like, I'm going to be like your co-presenter. I'm jealous. Yeah. I want to go. No, on. It, was good. it was good fun. Great team of people, by the well, way. You're going to get a call from all of us saying we want to be on. You're welcome anytime. Our home is your home. Careful what you wish for. Cool. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Rooted Within. If you like this episode, please make sure you drop a follow so you never miss an episode in the future. Rooted Within with Lily and Dan.